From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. up 750 points 750 points to close the first week it's closed in positive territory for the week in months and the reason is it's corrupt absolutely and unequivocally corrupt they base this rally on banks and profits of banks that only exist because of the corrupt manipulation by the federal reserve you see they mandated profit when they started to massively increase interest rates. They mandated the profit. They're not actually growing. In fact, what they're keeping off of this list is delinquencies, which are growing daily. They're also keeping off the list how they've changed the rules of foreclosure. Oh, but they have. Yes, they did it with COVID. Joe Biden secured that when he usurped the office. And foreclosure doesn't work in the same respect it used to. It's not as quick. There are more rights of the of the of the borrower. There are more rights of the guy who sniffs the the loan. So it's a wonderful way to manipulate. And it's also a wonderful way to hide the fact that the Federal Reserve is supporting other countries with your money. They just sent eleven billion dollars to Credit Suisse, which is Switzerland's version of Lehman Brothers. They sent them eleven billion dollars. And the market cap is $12 billion, which means we just bailed out the entire company. The entire company, because it is the biggest investment firm in Switzerland. And it's the biggest in banking, and it's bankrupt. Two weeks ago, there was a rumor of this. And this is a clip from two weeks ago with uh, Credit Suisse. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Meantime, let's uh, continue to stay overseas, at least talking about what's happening overseas. Leslie Picker joins us now with more on the struggles at Credit Suisse and want to get a sense of her reporting. I know she's been on the phone all weekend as well. Leslie, what do do you know? Yeah, uh, Andrew, Credit Suisse is is facing a crisis of confidence over the weekend, at least on certain social media platforms, with hordes of gadflies abuzz with proclamations of its, quote, Lehman Moment. Now, the stock price slumping today as the firm C-suite seeks to reassure investors that the bank is not on the brink of collapse. And the reason is the fix is in with the American corruption. That was two weeks ago. They were on the, the brink of collapse. They did collapse. We bailed it out. It happened after the market closed. And by the way, you know what's on the news? That Trump has to comply with a subpoena from the fraud Banana Republic version of a January 6th committee. No kidding. So now you're going to be inundated with Trump and how he's subpoena and uh, and he's got classified documents and half of the country, those morons with the dunce caps on, they, they should all be forced to wear them called Democrats. They're going to be talking about that rather than the fraud in our financial system. The market was not up 750 points because businesses are strong and they're growing and the economy is growing. They know that they have a way to re pump up the balloon. And this is going to happen because the Federal Reserve will do To this country, what they're doing to all the other countries that are in on the dollar fraud. That's just the way it works. It used to be that these countries used the dollar because the dollar was actually 
strong. It had integrity. It had the full force of the American economy behind it. The economy is forever changing. The economy is really on the verge of a collapse. We are already bankrupt. We could not be in business if it wasn't for a continuing resolution that passed four weeks ago, that no, not even three weeks ago, that nobody wants to talk about. Except for the guys who are communists, the guys who are running against good people in the Senate, guys like Mandela Barnes. He wants to tell you why we must continue on this venture. We have to transition our economy for the future, and we can use the threat of climate change to create jobs as a solution to save this planet and to save the livelihoods of so many people. And that's that's important. That's important. We can use the threat of climate change. The World Health Organization, the World Health Organization, did the same thing. I don't know why they're doing this. The biggest threat isn't the pandemic, the pandemic. It isn't Ebola. Oh yeah, that's back too. Just broke today. It isn't so many other. Failures and foibles of big pharma like the pretend vaccine that's good for absolutely gats on ghoul. It's climate change. Climate change is causing disasters that are both more frequent and more extreme. Liar! World Health Organization. Wrong. What, he, what he does understand is this is a government-mandated, government-controlled economy. This fraud of climate change is how they will destroy the property rights in this country and turn us into one of these third world hell holes where the World Health Organization is important, is 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 pretending to be an authority the whole time, just another enriching cartel of mafia. That's what the World Health Organization is. And it proves it time in and time out. Oh, you don't know what this is? People are active everywhere. This is a commercial by the World Health Organization to tell you that those deaths that are up 30 and 40 percent across the country are not really due to the fact that the vaccine is killing people and not working at all as the way it intended. It's because you're not moving. So they shot a little promo that should run here for Pritzker's ad. I think it's fun. It's moving, everyone. You're doing great. It's like a Democrat commercial. We hear about move, the benefits of move, physical fatties. activity all the time. Move. I like this. And they show Green people running walking instead of grabbing their chest and, and dying fun. from the vaccine. Look at these streets. Look at them. They're designed for all people. Yeah. Whatever your speed or ability. Just get out and move, fatties. And they're going to ignore the fact that because of their authority, how many millions, billions of people were shut down for two years while they enriched Big Pharma to create a vaccine that didn't work just quite the way it was expected. Dr. Ja, who's the chief COVID advisor at the White House, has said he has seen the data, but it's not public information. What are they hiding? Why? Can't- <laughs> I saw it. It's fine. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about a thing. We see this information. Instead, we're basically seeing this intense paternalism to really just do what we say and stop asking questions. And the CDC's committee that's voting, I mean, that is essentially a kangaroo court. You have to be an official card-carrying vaccine fanatic to be on that committee. If you're not, then basically they're not going to accept people who think that some vaccines are important and others lack the evidence to support broad distribution. So the beginning of the change of American economics, the, the, the way in which the velocity of money moved around, was the problem was too many private individuals had too many small businesses. We didn't need government that much. So they came up with a very interesting way to shut it down. It's called the pandemic. They shut it down. Massive amounts, untold numbers of small businesses closed, changing the economy forever. 
And now they're going to come back because they know this is their greatest opportunity, their greatest opportunity to rebuild it in a soft socialist European style where the government is in control. And now you're just going to listen to how it's how it's running. You don't have to prove anything because a market can rally 750 points on a fraud of banks making money, even though the Federal Reserve directed that profit. You understand what's going on here? Well, my administration's plan is economically responsible and an economically responsible course to ensure a smooth. God, I would feel so much better about this if you could say the word economic. But the dementia, the dentures and the overall stupidity, plus the confusion of why his crotch is wet, he can't get the words out clearly. Well, my administration's plan is economically responsible and an economically responsible <laughs> course to ensure a smooth transition to repayment and prevent unnecessary defaults. Really? Look at what I've inherited and what I've done. Let's look at that, because if that was the case, look at what you inherited and what you've done. There wouldn't be a Democrat that wins anywhere. But we know what exactly is going to happen. They are going to fluff both the stock market. They are going to fluff both revenue to banks and the people who vote for these idiots. They're not really interested in the truth. I mean, if they were interested in the truth, would they be buying anything that comes out of this imbecile's mouth? So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. When did you do that? Hey, dummy. When did you do that? You graduated at the bottom of your class after what? How many years to be a pretend slip and fall lawyer that you never practiced? And then you became a professor. Well, whoever sent their kid to that school should get their money back. Oh, you've got a way to do that, too, right? Yeah, you're going to give the money back for the schools. We all know how that's going to work. And you're going to pretend that it's because they're better than everyone else. So everyone else has to bail them out. They'll be like Switzerland. Questions around the health of the firm swirled after a report about a week and a half ago that the firm was sounding out investors about a capital raise. That news, although since disputed by sources close to the firm, sent the stock to a record low and it's fallen almost every day since then. So on Friday, that prompted CEO Ulrich Corner to send out an internal memo, which was obtained by CNBC, where he said American taxpayers bail out Switzerland investment hedge funds. It's interesting. It's interesting. And we'll all pretend that the American government is fully capable of exactly what they're doing to the American people, to the people around the world. And we'll pretend that the government is the one that's really in charge of things. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please Say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer. Yes or no? And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, huh. we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And then on an untested vaccine that is giving women problems from menstruation to all different kinds of heart issues, not to mention the other things with long COVID after they get it because it doesn't stop anything. It's all based in science, isn't it? And remember, one in 5,000 vaccine doses results in a severe adverse event, according to data from overseas, from Germany, because we don't fund that research in the U.S. Because ignorance is bliss here in America, and it's the only explanation for this diaper-wearing dimwit People call president, but there's always a moron Democrat. We have him right here. Cream Puff Jim, Chicago. Go ahead, Cream Puff. 
Hi, you have a good weekend, Sean. Real stay with you. But in my mind, are we supposed to abandon science and medicine and Jim, let governors? Can I ask you something? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Sean. Let governors bury the dead. Are they going to jump in the hospital rooms? Are we going to start getting operated by Republican governors? Is we're going to leave so our abandon, medicine up to them? Abandon the science. Abandon science and medicine. Abandon it completely. Did you believe if that you the need- vaccine helped you? Oh, of course I do. Of course how, I do. How, how's your menstruation? Yeah, you big dummy. How's your menstruation? Because what you don't want to admit is that it didn't work. You're hearing it from the people at Pfizer yourself. You're hearing that they didn't test it. You're seeing 40% uptick in deaths from age 18 to 49. You're seeing it. You're hearing the WHO try to cover their ass by pretending it's because guys like you are just not moving around. When we say physical activity keeps you healthy, we really mean it. This is how you cover up that the vaccine is creating 30% more deaths among all age groups. Schools encourage physical activity every day. And what's going on with the babies after the pregnant mothers took it? Oh, yeah, there's a new problem there. We'll discuss that and more after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. World Health Organization. Now, this, I thought, was the one that was led by a veterinarian, but no, that's Pfizer. The head of Pfizer is a veterinarian. World Health Organization, it does have a doctor. He's a doctor of psychology, and he figured out exactly how to cover up major, major scandals, how to enslave the world and get guys like Jim to call up and pretend that the vaccine that they pumped out without any testing that they admit to is somehow science. Well, there's certainly no clinical data. They've got data from eight mice on the Omicron vaccine in young people. And the child vaccine story is essentially a story of bypassing clinical data, which is why many of us are asking, why even have an FDA? Why do we even do clinical trials? Well, because you have to have a revolving door to the big pharma industrial complex. They have to be able to hire Fauci's wife and they have to be able to bribe government officials. The good news is they can't bribe them all. To make clear again, uh, I know the CDC has added the COVID shot for kids to the immunization schedule in the state of Florida. Uh, that will never be a pretext for there to be a mandate of COVID shots for kids. That is the parents' decision. Uh, that is not something that is appropriate uh, to be. You man- know why? Online, there's about what about 17 states that are still America. You don't live in one, but they're there. Believe me. There are lots of ways to travel, and and sometimes I travel by private plane. Sometimes I travel by commercial flight. Do you let Barack Obama use your private plane to go back to Martha's Vineyard? Is that why he endorsed you, Fatso? Craig, Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, kid. Some of the stuff that's going on is nuts, but I got something really important to say here. You know, these uh, people that get on and they'll talk about uh, January 6th, and they say, hey, it's worse than 9-11, the worst thing in the rain. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, it's worse than 9-11. I'll tell you what, they're exactly right, but just opposite, so hear me out. It's similar to Listen, 9-11. We, it's a cover-up by the government. I'm going to do you a better favor. I'm going to ask you to call me back because you're on the chipmunk line, and I, it, it's annoying me as much as it's making me laugh. So I'm going to hang up on you, and you call me right back, all right? You know the you, number. It's you got it. 312-642-5600. That goes for all of you. In the meantime, it's crucially important to understand there should be a mass investigation into every aspect of what the government is manipulating the information on. Now we've got pharma 
saying, hey, we did a study. We're going to give you the top line of the press release. We're going to call the White House. And the White House then calls the FDA and the CDC and tells them to get in line. They bought 170 million doses of this new Omicron vaccine. There has never been a vaccine added to the child immunization schedule without solid clinical evidence that it reduces disease significantly in the community. This is the biggest scandal in 150 years. This is the biggest scandal we've faced in modern times. And yet I have morons pretend that any of this is science. None of it is science. Let's hear more science from a Marxist communist pretending that he is going good enough to be senator. We have to transition our economy for the future. and We can use the threat of climate change to create jobs as a solution. Only if the threat of COVID doesn't work, commie. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Sean, thanks for getting me back here. Now, listen, you take what's going on, and it's all on that uh, with a pretense or that all that, that the, um, what do you call it, the uh, misdirection moves, the uh, entrapment of our government being used totally on one side. Now, listen, this thing is more, more gigantic than people think about because this is the way they go after Bannon. This is the way they go after all of the people that were helping Trump. This is how they have American citizens, grandmas and grandpas and kids that were carrying flags, languishing in damn jails and everything, and be, being mistreated and everything like that. Listen, it's a hundred times worse than 9-11, but the opposite of what these rotten uh, people leftists are taking saying, there they said, we're in trouble. The 97,000 uh, agents, they're coming for us. We'll all be in jail. We'll all be, uh, be coming after uh, all of us. That's all right. It'll be interesting. You have Bannon there. He could tell you stories about his years at Goldman Sachs. It'll be interesting. In the meantime, I'm more worried about the kids. And across the country, an alarming increase of a dangerous respiratory virus among young children. Hospitals in at least 33 states, including California, are seeing a dramatic rise in RSV. Cases have more than doubled in 25 states in the last month. And- so these are. this is a California news story. And is anybody going to discuss if the mothers, while pregnant, took the vaccine? I think that would be interesting. I really, really do. Because one thing's for certain, when they pumped this fraud of a vaccine out, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Of course, the head of the CDC, the veterinarian, I mean, the head of Pfizer, excuse me, the veterinarian, he did tell you they didn't really know what they were doing. I want to get a little into the weeds here and the mRNA technology. When you and you and your your colleagues were trying to decide which route to go down, the traditional vaccine route or the mRNA route, you you write that um, it was, quote, most counterintuitive to go the mRNA route. And yet you went that route. Explain why. It was counterintuitive because Pfizer was mastering or let's say we had very good experience and expertise with multiple technologies that could uh, give a vaccine. Adenoviruses, that some of the other vaccines are. We we were very good in doing that. Um, protein vaccines, we were very good in doing that, and plus many other technologies. Um, mRNA was the technology, but we had less experience, only two years working on this. And actually, mRNA was a technology that never delivered a single product until that. Oh, I think it did. Myocarditis, that's a product. Women's menstruation problems, that's a product. And 40% uptick in deaths, that's a product. What are you going to do now? I know. Get the WHO, the World Health Organization, to cover it up, run a commercial, and make it pithy. And it stays with us for life. 
physical activity guidelines and targets are set to drive policy. You're not dying because of an experimental vaccine. That's not really a vaccine. It's because you won't get your fat ass off the couch. Just move. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM 560, The Answer. Good song on a Friday. Honey Bunny's birthday weekend. Happy birthday, Honey Bunny. She didn't even take off. Leave my little squirrel hands all to himself here. John Portage Park. Hi, Sean. The reason that I know that it's a scam is because they they don't mandate the vaccine or the shot into people that are collecting like SSI and uh, food stamps, and also they don't they don't uh, mandate the shot for the two hundred fifty thousand crossing the border every month. Well, that's the base, and we got to keep them healthy. And the good news about that's Fi- what I'm thinking. And and Pfizer profits all the way around because from all of the symptoms that this experiment gives people, guess what? They got the solution. It's wonderful, and it explains all so much. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. It explains why they own so many news outlets. They own them all. They own the lobbyists, they own the politicians. And when it comes time, you almost have to admire how blatantly obvious it is that the fraud and the fix is in against us. Dr. Ja, who's the chief COVID advisor at the White House, has said he has seen the data, but it's not public information. What are they? Hey, Dr. Ja, for all I know, you're a vet that isn't qualified to stick his finger in my dog's ass. I don't give a rip what you think isn't classified. You answer to me, Dr. Ja, you fracking moron. Uh, Devin, Gulf Breeze, Florida. Yeah, I thought it was uh, such a coincidence that today in the news, the talking point is kids have resp- some sort of respiratory illness and it's filling up 80% of the hospitals. They don't tell you what it is. It's a scare tactic. They just passed policy uh, to mandate a shot for our children, and now they're trying to scare people. Um, Devin, you have a luxury. That legislation. You have a luxury that 90% of my listeners don't have. You have a governor represents the government of your state, and he has come out and said, this will not happen in Florida. Uh, ...in our schools, and so that's the law that I signed into law uh, last year because we saw where this was going, uh, and it's something that we'll continue to uphold um, and make sure that that's the case. Uh, so I know a lot of parents have been concerned about that. You know, just know that, that in Florida, you know, we're going to protect your prerogatives, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. Now okay? imagine, Devin, these poor people who for one reason, love and affection, job, the golden handcuffs, whatever it is, are stuck with this fat slob Pritzker, who's more than comfortable to mandate everything when his manatee wife and those handsome offspring of his are living in Florida, ironically enough. It's, uh, Devin, there's the upside, brother. Thank you for the call. And the reality is, Pfizer advertises on all the news programs. They own a percentage of all of the media companies. ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. Now, why would you use the mRNA when you didn't know anything about it there? You, you, veterinarian. The CEO of Pfizer is a veterinarian, which is funny. Hey. 
not vaccine, not any other medicine. So, uh, so it was very counterintuitive, and I was surprised when they suggested to me that this is the way to go. And I questioned it, uh, and I asked them to justify how can you say something like that. And then you realized you own 48 million shares and that the world mandated everybody take it. So you shut your veterinarian mouth and you sat back and made sure your kids didn't get it. That's how it really works. Dave in Villa Park. Yeah, hey, thanks, Sean. Um, I just want to start off by saying just never forget they shut down the playgrounds for over a year. Governor Pritzker, I couldn't take my kids to a playground. Um, and in COVID, it's still around. It's, I mean, it's not like we eliminated. And now the the W the World Health Organization has the audacity to shoot a commercial to tell you to move after the government locked you down. After the government seized the quality of your life, now they're telling you don't the forty percent deaths. Even though it, it corresponds with the the data of how many deaths have upticked in Europe, the only ones that'll do data on vaccine deaths. Don't worry, it's exactly, your fault that you, exactly. you you lay around too much. It's it's outrageous. It, it's outrageous. Yeah. Can, can, can I just chime in one more time? I wanted to say um, I teach at a, a local university, and ever since they've had that, I mean, the, the universities were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They, you know, they had a risk of losing a lot of the students because of the the, the um, pandemic or the pandemic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they thought that the vaccine was going to be the big solution. Um, and but the problem is, it was it's been such a um, Oh, an opaque process. I mean, you don't, you know, there, there's these, uh, the administration of a lot of these colleges, they hide behind uh, anonymous panels that decide who should get the vaccine, who's exempt, all this kind of stuff. And I think the bottom line is the parents need to pay attention to that, where they're sending their kids to school. They need to pay attention to who um, is, what the policies are exactly, and look at, at the results. Absolutely. You know, that's it. And then then realize, too, thank you for the call. And then realize, too, the goal of a fascistic, totalitarian, corrupt government is to make certain that the people are afraid, because when you're afraid, you will run to the cult of safety. Make sure that they're afraid and make sure that they feel you're the one that's in authority and you have their best interest. Isn't that how we got to all these problems from finance, health care, vaccines, pandemics all of it maybe we're turning to our abusers for help there's the real problem and realize there's a reason that they're giving you fear tactics 312-642-5600 i was listening to the sean thompson show i am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us i mean i am appalled he's just disgusting sexist pig and an absolute disgrace thank you You can always tell when it's Friday. Squirrel steps it up a notch. Stepping it up. All right, lower that. The COVID vaccine in children will be the first. It will be added with no clinical data. And many of us that are saying, hey, let's see the data, we're basically told, stop asking questions. I still want to see the data on pregnant women that took the vaccine. Or maybe I am seeing the data. And there is no vaccine. Now, some healthcare facilities are so overwhelmed, they're running out of beds. As CBS News' Omar Villafranca tells us, the state of Connecticut is even thinking of calling in the National Guard to help. At Connecticut Children's Medical Center, doctors are slammed with a surge in RSV cases. I would love to see a study. 
How many of the mothers while pregnant were vaccinated? Simple question. Never going to get the answer. Dan, West Chicago. Hey, Sean, does any of this this alarmism about the RSV, does it ring similar to the full hospitals and all the nonsense that was going on at the beginning of the the pandemic. Yeah, well, didn't because, we spend thirteen million in Chicago for phones for McCormick Place when it was the emergency hospital? How many hundreds of millions were stolen by the same guys? I, I I'm guessing same company that put the urinal up in in uh, O'Hare for eight point five billion. Absolutely, and you're you're hitting this from so many different sides. I, I gotta give it up to you, man. Like oh, the you, pharmacy companies are so goddamn dirty. Oh yeah, yes. The the thing that, that came up just the other day is that once you push people to accept it on the childhood vaccine, whatever list that they give at the doctor when you're yeah. having your little infant, then you become indemnified. So like the EUA, you take your fault well that's another thing too dan that's another thing and and for that i i went crazy when trump did it how do you how do you how do you give these people absolution from ramifications do you know there's only two countries that did that we're one of them the rest of the countries they're already making settlements canada you get two hundred eighty thousand if you got the jimmy league and the bell's palsy where you walk around like dr awardy thank you very much dan in chicago bob crown point hey sean you know uh i hate to belabor the point but the fervor that people have on these politicians and, you know, they're putting them in demigod status. Uh, it's like Bill, that Bill guy, he, that's science. Yeah, come on. No, that was Jim. Why did they believe that him? That was Jim in Chicago. He's yeah. a Democrat, though. you got to understand, he, said he spent 30 years yeah, in one I of know, those municipal trucks eating cream puffs, waiting to retire. Now, all of a sudden, he thinks he's on to something. That's Democrat stupid. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I'm, I'm not in the in the habit of letting the uh, government do risk analysis for me. You know why, Bob? uh, You're you're a man. You're an American. You understand that the government is lying to you. In fact, you probably are like me, and you cannot point to one instance in your adult life, even your childhood, when the government told you the truth. Can you point to one instance? One. Just one. No, No, I can't. Of course. There you go. Welcome to America. USSA. Rich Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good, how are you? Good. What I'd like to say is, uh, was it, isn't it a small amount that uh, the children died in the country uh, of the COVID uh, virus? So of the actual virus? Sudden- it's, it, it's infinitesimal. In particular, if you take the children who had pre-existing conditions, the kids that were born sick, it's infinitesimal. Well, yeah, that was my, that was my understanding. Yeah. So why now all of a sudden do they want to inject all of these little kids with the uh with, a vac- with the COVID vaccine. You've got, a, you've got an entire party I, I running think, on the ability for their mother to kill them. You think they care about the kids? I'm that serious yeah, about but that. I, I would think that more, more uh, kids died of uh, the flu How about than this? they did of yeah. COVID. Yeah, and then, and then there's, so, the, and then there's I mean, the amount of kids sure. that died from abortion. That's a staggering statistic right there. I mean, yeah, maybe, I maybe we should stop taking advice from people who want to kill kids. I think we should start there. Simple rules. If you want to kill your kid or your own kid or you want someone else to kill their own kid, why don't you shut your mouth for the rest of my life? Go ahead. One other thing, Sean. All right. Um, I don't know if I heard heard uh, if you mentioned or not. Did you wish uh, Honey Bunny a happy birthday? I did. I did. Yes. Happy birthday, Honey Bunny. All right. Good. All right. That's what. Thank that's you. all I wanted to say. She's getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah. Thank you very much. She's going to have to trade up. Bill Southside. Yeah, Sean, I was just wondering, why was remdesivir the drug of choice for people 
in hospitals that had COVID. When that, the, the side effects of that was, I believe, lung inflammation and kidney, uh, inf- things like that. I, I'd now, like was to know, it the COVID that was killing them or was it the remdesivir? Well, That's maybe, my question. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, we're going to have to ask Dr. Fauci. He was invested in COVID from the very beginning. I'd also like to know why no one wanted to use the hydroxychloroquine, which has been around for 70 years. I got a lot of questions. I'm silly that way. Eduardo Midway. Yeah, Sean. So this uh, Boston lab was doing a duplicate of the coronavirus. Only better. We need to have committees. We need to have uh, committees uh, yeah. ask all these. No, no, no. They they, they put a turbocharge on COVID. Now it kills eighty percent of the people infected, rather than yeah. Now the young people are getting uh, yeah. to the hospital. Well, they just wanted to see what would happen. I mean, now that they have the weapon, I guess you got to trust them. So look at us, trust sure. in government. I wonder how many Ukrainians trusted their government, you know, during the eight-year civil war when we recognized that the Ukrainian government was corrupt. Now, I wonder how many of them are looking at the weapons that are dropped on their head when it says made in the USA. Keep trusting your government. It always ends well, Eduardo. Not me. These rat bastards. I don't trust them. And you know something? I got a great interview coming up. A great interview that you are going to love because this man has been, he learned the hard way about government. He learned it as a young man in Vietnam, and he writes about it in all of his stories, but he makes the stories enjoyable for everybody. I can't wait for you to listen to him. We'll be back. I'm going to tell you who he is after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Proud to be joined by an author who I've admired for quite a while. And it wasn't until I really got the interview that I looked at how many things I already uh, had appreciated that I found out he just wrote. Nelson DeMille, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Very good, Sean. Thank you. You know what I love about your writing is it reminds me of the way people used to think. They were proud and they were suspicious. And this is kind of how you write. I love it. And, uh, you know, everyone's going to know the book that was made into The General's Daughter because we're all John Travolta fans here in Illinois. Everybody talks like him. So uh, but you've actually gone on to write 21 novels. Is that correct? Yes. Well, it might be 23 now, but I'm lost track myself. But I love the fact that you add into it. So much of the suspicion every American should have when it comes to information they're getting from whether they be the military industrial complex, big pharma, whatever it is, I find it to be very, very interesting. And it seems to be you're right more than it's a fantasy that I can tell. And I'm curious to know about your new book. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> the world is uh, a lot more maybe complex and devious than we we know. Uh, people have different agendas out there, and I think... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm of another generation. I grew up, believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe, trusting the government. I grew up in the 50s in a kind of Ozzy and Harriet atmosphere, and the FBI were my heroes and that type of thing. Well, the world has changed. And, uh, you know, I spent three years in the Army, one of those years in Vietnam. And I became a little bit more cynical. And, uh, you know, I think my books maybe reflect that. You know, I want to be too cynical, but... You know, good, good, good skepticism is healthy. Uh, the new book is uh, called The Maze, and it's the eighth book in the John Corey series. 
And John Corey, for people who don't know, um, is a ex NYPD homicide detective, wounded in the line of duty, and um, put on disability. But he, uh, in an earlier book, he joins the Joint Terrorist Task Force, which is an actual government agency, uh, as a contract agent. And a lot of uh, cops I know have done that mm-hmm. as their second career. And uh, when we see John in this book, he's not with them anymore, and he's kind of at loose ends. Who I, I say he's NYU, which is New York unemployed, looking to get back into into some action and uh, action. Uh, his mother always said to John. Uh, trouble follows you or trouble finds you. And this is what happens in the maze. What I love about your stories, and I'm going to tell you why I have a a, a soft spot for the way you think of things. You were born the same year as my mother. Um, And I watched that transition of exactly how you started to talk about your relationship with the government, where America was the good guys. We were always in the right. We always had the best intention and we always won in the end. But it was through Vietnam that our family changed. I had a cousin that was killed in the Marine. It was there for 21 days. And it was we found out after 30 years that it was actually friendly fire. Uh, there were suspicions were always there, however. And, you know, the family started to look at things, in particular, the family that was World War Two generation. And that's kind of where. My thought process was, you know, you trust and then you verify and then you saw the good players and the bad systems. And as you're writing about your new uh, your new book, you're thinking of all the bad systems that came out of good intentions after September 11th and how the 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 underbelly of the of the agencies just expanded. I don't even know how many they are. They got DIA, CIA, all of them. I mean, we don't even know how many bureaucrats and who embodies this could be good guys and could be bad guys. But one thing I think people are, are aware of after the last few years, to have blind trust in bureaucracies is how societies collapse. And is that something you include in the base of all of these stories? Is that, you know, sometimes these bureaucracies are not what they're sold to the people as? Yeah, I, I do try to include that. I mean, uh, John Corey, uh, my character, is a um, NYPD. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, he's with the good guys. Um but, you know, when he gets wounded in the line of duty, he winds up uh, in the federal government, in the uh, anti-terrorist task force, which is a good organization, started with good intentions. But there's a clash of cultures there. John is straightforward. Uh, John Mike Buck's authority. John questions authority. But he's now in a kind of an almost politically correct federal agency where he can't be the honest cop he was. And I think that clash of cultures colors all of the eight John Corey novels. And um, his last job at the federal government, uh, in my previous book, Radiant Angel, he's with the Diplomatic Surveillance Group, who surveilled diplomats in Washington and New York and the U.N. and that type of thing. And again, he sees that people around him have different agendas. Uh, We're not all on the same page. We're not all on the same team, I should say. And um, this colors each each of the books, but he's one of those old-fashioned uh, heroes that, you know, triumph in the end because he's looking for truth, he looks for justice, and he doesn't, uh, he's not intimidated by the bureaucracy, which is maybe why he keeps getting fired from his jobs, but, uh, but in the end, he does triumph. I love this, and I'm interested in your journey. So you get out of the Army in Vietnam. So many guys yeah. don't know what to do. I, I watched it in my own life. They don't know how to adjust. How did you get started? Were you always a writer when you went in? How, does it, how did your journey go? 
Well, you know, I didn't, when I was growing up, we didn't do a lot of creative writing and in grade school and high school, the way they do now, they force the kids to do creative writing. Yeah. I didn't really start writing creatively until I was in college. By creatively, I mean, I wasn't researching my term papers. I was making a lot of stuff up. So I must have been a natural novelist even then. But a lot of the teachers remarked that, you know, you write well, you write well. And one of them gave me a, uh, an A for writing and like a C for uh, uh, facts. So, you know, I said, all right, you know, but like a lot of men who go to war, and this is, I grew up with the World War II generation. My father was uh, a Navy guy. Mm-hmm. All my uncles were in, they were all, you know, in the military during the Second World War. I mean, literally everyone. And uh, so when I got out of the Army and came back from Vietnam, I, I think I wanted to write the great American war novel. I wanted to be either Norman Mailer or James Jones or somebody like that. And that kind of compelled me into the writing thing. I mean, I had some confidence because of college. And uh, uh, But when I got back from Vietnam, I, uh, I went back to college. I had to finish up. And then I did a series of odd jobs, and I realized I wasn't happy with them. I had this novel in me. And I, I began writing it, and I, living in New York, I knew people in the publishing business, and never really got the novel, that that one published, but got into writing. I did some police procedurals and some um, Arab-Israeli uh, terrorist thrillers and that type of thing, and um, and I finally wrote my, wrote my Vietnam War novel called Word of Honor, and um, I, it was, you know, it was... Not everybody comes home from war is going to write a novel. Otherwise, we'd have millions of them. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, I was I was kind of driven by it, mostly because of the ones I'd read, which was so impressive. And because I did have a story, and it was kind of cathartic, too, Sean. It was, sure. There was a lot of post-traumatic stress. I, mean, I never had that. I mean, because I was older when I got in, and I was, uh, you know, college-educated, and I was, you know, you it know, was a different uh, time, too, where society shunned every aspect of it, and they shunned oh, yeah. the war you were a part of. So even if you had it, nobody really was going to listen to you. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons it took me so long to get the Vietnam novel published, because nobody was interested. Nobody wanted to hear about it. It wasn't until a few movies came out, like Coming Home and Platoon and uh, Full Metal Jacket, that, uh, I mean, uh, ironically, Hollywood actually uh, was ahead of publishing, which is usually yeah. the opposite. And uh, I finally got somebody interested in my Vietnam novel, which is Word of Honor. And it was a huge success, you know, yeah. Book of the Month Club, main selection and all that. So, you know, I knew I was on my way, but I didn't want to be the Vietnam writer like, you know, Tim O'Brien, for instance, and just do nothing but Vietnam novels. Uh, so I did some Cold War stuff because I found that fascinating. And I grew up, or well, I came to the game of age during the Cold War, and that really impacted how I thought and how I wrote. And, uh, uh, my best, I think, was uh, The Charm School, uh, which was written just about the time the Cold War ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when the Cold War ended and Vietnam was kind of passe, I, need, I needed to find something to write about. And it's about that time I hit on the character of John Corey, uh, who became um, a federal agent with the uh, Joint Terrorist Task Force. The Cuban Affair, where does that fall in? I've always been fascinated by Cuba. Um I had neighbors who were Cuban refugees. They had owned a, you know, some kind of a factory in Havana, and they got seized by the government. And it shows you what governments can do. Oh. You know, I mean, you know, they always say the government that's strong enough to give you what you want is strong enough to take away what you need. And uh, there were a num- number of Cuban refugees that I knew growing up as a kid. And, of course, the Catholic Church in those days, when I'm Catholic, was very anti-Castro because Castro was 
persecuting the church. And yeah. you know, we go to church Sunday morning and you'd get a, a, you know, a hellfire and brimstone lecture on Cuban communism and Soviet communism. And I guess that, that probably affected me too. Um, and I always wanted to go to Cuba. And finally, you know, I said, let, let me, let me do this. And, uh, back in, uh, Oh, I can't even remember when it was about seven years ago. I I went on, I went to Cuba with some other people, mm-hmm. um, and one of them was actually a fellow named Harvey Bundy, who was the nephew of McGeorge Bundy, who was a special assistant to John Kennedy. And there's a in, in Havana, if you've ever been, yeah. there's a, a kind of a museum of American war crimes sort of thing. It really is, uh, and right. the re- we that's there. why I asked you about the book. I have been; it's fascinating to me. Yeah, exactly. If you've been, you know, and. Uh, so McGeorge Bundy uh, was very prominently displayed in this museum, and so Harvey Bundy was with me. Told the guide, he says, "That's my uncle. You're making fun. Oh, you're saying bad things about." Well, the guide was absolutely fascinated that he had the nephew of McGeorge Bundy uh, right there with him. Um, but you know, it, it didn't teach me. I mean, it's one thing to know that you know Cuban communism doesn't work, and people are suffering and starving, and it's another thing to go there. And you know, you've been there. You look around, and you say, "My God, this could be." the most prosperous island in the Caribbean. Yes. And it was at one time. And look at what the Cubans did in Miami. They made this city into, you know, uh, an economic powerhouse. It's they're let free, and they can do what they want, and they can, you know, pursue their own interests, at the same time pursue the interests of, you know, society. Uh, and it's such a dichotomy between uh, Miami and Havana. Uh, it's uh, mind-blowing, because we left Miami, like, 12 hours before, and we go from, you know a relatively prosperous and well-ordered society into a prison chaos. It's a prison island. It's It's a prison island. It's an absolute prison island. And you know, when you hear Americans talk fondly of the system of government that censors, that controls, that dictates, you kind of understand these last two years we've lived through right here in America. I think we would have been a lot better off if it would have been mandatory for Americans to go see just how that communist dream works out. And then they could understand why the clothes on the wall by the National Hotel are because young boys and women are jumping to, in the ocean to ride a tire 90 miles to get free. That's yeah. the kind of thing that I think Americans just are too spoiled, too ignorant and too entitled to understand the philosophy that so many of them are supporting is the one that leads to death and mayhem that we can't even figure out the numbers. Yeah, and also the media doesn't report those kinds of human interest stories. They do to some extent. It's hard for the media to even ignore, you know, these, especially these refugees coming across, but they're not making the conclusions like, how horrible is a place where you're willing to risk your life going through, I mean, literally shark-infested waters yeah. to get to freedom, and you're willing to risk not only your life, but the lives of your family, because it's Nothing there in Cuba for you. So, you know, and I think the Castro regime or the regime that's even there now uses this as a safety valve. You know, the people who are going to make trouble uh, couldn't, so they, they're gone. And what's left, and you saw this too, a uh, population that's sort of, um, you know, they're not, they're not totally subdued. They have some spirit left in them. Oh, yeah. This is the nature of the people. But they don't have the leaders. I think the Cubans... Human Secret Service identifies the leaders and probably grabs them first. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that after 50 years, has it been 50, it's since 1959, yeah. uh, that uh, there's been no real counter-revolution. And Cuba used to be a land of revolution. There were people who, you know, did revolt against uh, onerous governments. And uh, that was their history. And 
That's how Castro got in. People get used to slavery. It's a shame if you make it comfortable. And you make, yeah, exactly. They get used to it. And, you know, we see it happen in these in, in these areas like we're from, you, both you and I, Democrat, Democrat. What is American Democrat is now, to me, it's a hybrid kind of fascism, communism, totalitarianism. And you see it destroy once great cities, whether it be Chicago or New York, and you see it wherever it touches, it just destroys. And I'm hoping there's enough people that want to push back against it before we all turn into Cuba, because Cuba has something we'll never have, year-round good weather. Except for a hurricane here and there, it's uh, it, it's good weather, and I don't want to be trapped in a in a Chicago or New York if we're going to be communists. So uh, I'm going to move the I move to Florida, and I recommend everybody do it just to see why all the people there are from these places where the government is awful strong, and I think it'll help. And I also think books like yours help. I love the way you write, and I can't wait to see it made into another movie. I know you you already had the general's daughter. And this one, you know, you should say, I talked to this radio host. He's still got a little hair left if you need some uh, somebody to act. I'm always looking for a part. Well, we're always looking for a John Corey. We've got to find somebody who can do it. Yeah, I might be his dad. I'm a little older than I used to be. But, Nelson, thank you for, I mean it. I mean, thank you for, for, for what you do because you write these these books that, that have a way to make you feel good when you're done with them. And that's something America needs, and that's something people need. So thank you for everything you do, and the least of which, thank you for all your service to the country. I can't wait for the next book and the next interview. Nelson DeMille, thank you very much. Sean, thank you. Good being with you. Thank you. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. Can we go back? This is the moment. Tonight is the night. We'll you know, in the end, over, so we put our hands up like the ceiling. When it's undeniable corruption and failure like it was with the opioid crisis, crisis and you, you see a $25 billion settlement, a $4 billion settlement, a $6 billion settlement, an $8 billion. Who gets the money? Are the state governments outrageous walmart just makes a settlement with the state of florida so all of the people who were robbed of their family and their friends all of us we get guts on ghoul and the government gets more money that's why it's in their best interest to lie to cheat and to steal from the american people and people around the world Pfizer expects to roughly quadruple the price of its COVID-19 vaccine to about $110 to $130 per dose. Oh, yeah, that broke an hour ago. An hour ago. These rat bastards. After the United States government's current purchase program expires. That's according to Pfizer executive Angela Lucan, who said she expects the vaccine, which is currently provided for free to all by the government will be made available at no cost to people who have private insurance or government-paid insurance. Isn't that what Huggy Bear used to do in the 70s? You give it away for free, and you hook everybody on it? Oh, don't worry, we're going to make a settlement with, with Fetzo Pritzker in Illinois and then scumbags in New York and Philly. Don't worry, it'll all be fine. Reuters reported on Thursday that Wall Street was expecting such price hikes due to weak demand for COVID-19 vaccines which meant vaccine makers would need to boost prices to meet revenue forecasts for next year and beyond. Oh, yeah, we got to worry about the stock market, Pfizer prices. How many of your 401ks bought into this scam? It's how you get to cheer for your own demise, how you turn to your abuser for help, and how you never realize the true information. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. That's the one I'm most offended by. That inbred, blue bud, phony royal wedding. 
Look at that Prince Charles with his ears hanging off his head. He looks like that dimwit with a stroke and a tumor on his neck running for senator in Philly. Mitchell displains. Hey, Sean, keep in mind that Pfizer is not giving you albuterol or pedestinide for COVID-19. No, no, no. They don't want to give you the medication that they give you in the hospital. No, what they do is they reverse engineer a uh, vaccine, which they know is flawed. So they come up with oral treatments that basically rivals ivermectin because ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are already generic. Right. So when you see Pfizer commercials talk about oral treatments, they're talking about ivermectin. <laughs> they're, they're, inhi- they're inhibitors to their exact same thing. So they souped it up. And that's how they reverse engineered it. It goes back to how uh, the Wuhan, the gain of function, this was all in what I call a research uh, development. They took SARS-2, they merged it with what I call an amino acid called arginine. That's how they knew this thing could grow exponentially from going from Delta to Omicron to B1 to B2 by 5. You get what I'm saying here, Daniel? It's a, it's a trillion mind- dollar scam. It is a right. trillion dollar fraud on the American people, but it's a twofold benefit to government they now get to take over all of those small pesky privately held lives and industries they now are in absolute and total control and the american stooge is now just like kamala harris used to be on their knees thank you very much for the call i appreciate it paul bensonville if you get a vaccine, you're a stunad. Yeah. You know what a, you know what a stunad is. Yeah, you're an idiot. People, what about those people? And I'll never forget this. Very early on, I might have even been filling in for Steve. I had a wonderful guy called Father of Four, hardworking teacher, and he was going to lose his job. And he said, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose my fracking job. I mean, this guy didn't want it. So there are, you got to remember, Paul, there are tens of no, millions of people. Kick. Tens of millions of people that's like that. You know, it's a a kick. That's a kick in the rocks. Uh, But that being said, I just want to say you're you're like the Captain Kirk of uh, talk show personalities. You you go out there, you got balls, you say what you mean, mean what you say, uh, and and you probably don't have a mat on top of your head. You have the real hair. Yeah, I do, but it's getting. A, I, I, I'm pretending it's a colic in the back, but it's a stress, uh, stress little bump. But you know, everybody gets it. But go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like honest to God, and I say this from my heart. You're, you're like uh-huh. a part of my family. Thank you. Um, I mean, it's a world to me. Well, well, no, I hate my family, but you're the part <laughs> that I love. Yeah, I get a part that I love. You're you're the one. I, I I there's a lot of Democrats in my family, but you're the part that I love. I but last week, and I got I just two things, man. Two things. All right. Um, yeah, the opinion on how much does the Bible guide you in your decisions? Me and uh, and, and I'll say that well. Yeah, you. And also, um, Monica Lewinsky, if she was a cigar, what kind of cigar she would could, she be? Uh, but I'm, she's I'm, on the wrong end of the cigar world. She, you know, that, That's a whole other science fact. Uh, you have to actually pull on the cigar. The cigar doesn't pull on you. In the meantime, the Bible, uh, you know, I used to be religious. I was raised Catholic. Um, religious or spiritual? I reject. Sorry. I reject organized religion on all fronts. I mean, that's that's not a popular thing. But I'm never going to lie to you. I'm never going to lie to you. So what it means to me, I, I don't. I, it, it, 
I don't need it to mean something to me. I don't need it as a virtue shield, right? So when we talk about these things, it's to every human being has a right to their own personal relationship for to whatever they believe is in charge of everything. And I'm fine with all of that, but I don't use it to hide behind it. So in other words, when I see Father Flager and everything that happened, I remember in the 70s with the Catholic Church, it's a pedophile underground. And I don't give a rip if anybody doesn't like it. When you go in these opulent places, they're worth. you want to talk about a company that produces Nothing. At least Pfizer yes. cheats you and poisons you. The church produces nothing. They make more money than Pfizer. And in the let meantime, me, me, I can only get in there if I if I pay God ten percent of the cut. Get the hell out of here. So it means nothing let, to me. Let, let me let me. Okay, I, I want to separate something. Yeah. There's religion and there's spirituality. Yeah, but religion the, is religion. Religion is man made. Spirituality comes from your heart. Oh, I know. And then when you go and open up the, the book or the Bible and you read it, it, it matters in your heart. It yeah. reflects. Yeah. But when you come and talk about religion, that's man-made. Yeah. That's talking about Catholicism. So that's I talking believe, about all this stuff. I believe that there is a creator, and I want to make him happy, and I want to make him proud. But I also want to make myself happy and proud. Isn't that a terrible thing? But I'm going to admit it to you. Nobody judges me harder than me. And I, I, one thing I never liked, and I never, I, my, thank God my mother was not uh, one of these people that taught you how to be a slave. No one should ever tell a kid, don't judge. Everyone should tell every kid. Amen. You no, that's judge. Right. And, and, and the you Bible, judge hard. And you judge yourself the hardest. And your goal in you know, life is to be better tomorrow than you were today. And I don't care how much you had fun today. Be better tomorrow. Because time is the enemy of us all. And in the end, I'm going to sort it out. I only hope that if I do get sent to hell, I get to be around all the people I want to split their head open with an axe handle. Because I win in the end. Thank you very much, Paul. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's how you answer the question. Uh, Sandy. Rogers Park. Hey, Sean. Uh, Who am I going to know in heaven anyway, Sandy? I'm not going to know anybody in heaven. I grew up in Melrose Park. I hang around in Elmwood Park. I live in Naples, Florida. I mean, I'm not going to know anybody in heaven. Go ahead. I know, I know. I'm just like you. <laughs> anyway, listen. I, I Today, 2 p.m., I got an email from my hospital where I work saying status of COVID-19 transmission in more than 20 counties has increased from substantial to high. IDPH has confirmed a substantial increase in cases in Illinois over the past 48 hours. Universal massing will continue at Illinois Messiah. So I go to the website for IDPH. I only see three counties. I call IDPH. I ask the woman, hey, can you tell me how many counties are high? She checks the map. She goes, she names three of them, right? I go, how come I got this email today stating these things? And she goes, what? So she checks again. And she goes, where do you work? What city are you in? I ask her where she is. Don't get yourself in trouble. Hang on. She tells she's in Springfield. I go, why am I getting to it? She goes, read the email again. She's like, that's misinformation. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell? I said to her, you know what, lady? I said, I could smell BS with Marlo and my communist Yugoslavia. I know all about this. My dad used to think that people at the electric company was trying to rip us off, that they were just right. I'm like, this is how my parents escaped this. I'm like, this is garbage. Can you believe this? Yeah, I, I, I want you to, I want everybody to come by me in Florida, honest to God. Because this is going to happen time in and time again, wherever there's a fascist hiding as a Democrat. This is going to happen if the American Marxist mafia, your father was right, by the way. Your father was right. Look at ComEd was bribing the Democrats for 50 years. Your old man was 100 percent right. He bribed. They bribed the, the entire Chicago, Illinois Democrat Party for 50 years. And it worked. So always be suspicious. And here's the other thing, Sandy. You're going to have to go where governments protect you. 
It used to be America in general. Now it's only states that are run by non-Marxist mafia parties. That's it. I'm sorry. That's the fact. I wish you the best of luck. And in the meantime, we, you, we're, we're going to need a lot of health care people down in Florida. Although I'm never going, brother. Never. My old man died on the lanai waiting for me. I'm going to die waiting for my daughter. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. Good Friday song, Squirrel. Good Friday song. Weeks go by fast, don't they? You know why, Squirrel? Time is the enemy of all. It is your enemy. It is unforgiving. That's why you don't have it to waste on these Democrat rat bastards as they steal the quality of your life in every one of these sewers and lie right to your face, these rats. Three trillion dollars. That's their plan. That's what they did under my predecessor, and that's what they intend to do again. That's what you did. You with the wet socks and you can't figure out why. Walking around, you keep yelling at your wife, calling her nurse. You, $3.7 trillion, dimwit. Everything they proposed or are proposing will make inflation worse. Everything they're proposing will make inflation worse. There are actual human beings who should walk around with dunce caps on that voted for this lying piece of garbage. So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. When did you do that? You. You got an honorary position. There's another idiot that keeps calling himself doctor. He never was a doctor in his life. Oh, you're a doctor now. You stupid morons. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. Um, why is it that people can't understand? Now, the healthcare sector is one David, you know what? For the rest of this conversation, I'd be more comfortable if I called you doctor. So, Dr. David, what do you got? Doc? Okay. The, the health care sector is one-sixth of the economy. Um, why is it that, okay, and then wherever there's money, there's scams. Why isn't that people can't connect those two? Well, you're a, a doctor, money? you tell me. Um, you're terrible at this comedy. You're never going to be Jerry Lewis. Never! He's the worst comedic timing in all of radio. Truly, it's, it's, it's pathetic. Analysts said the new pricing range could spur revenues at Pfizer for years with one analyst telling Reuters it could add around $2.5 billion to $3 billion in annual revenue for the shots. And what's it do again? What's this thing do again? Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping immunization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science. To re- so you had no idea, you moved at the speed of science, and what about the data? Dr. Ja, who's the chief COVID advisor at the White House, has said he has seen the data, but it's not public information. What are they hiding? Everything. They're hiding everything. These lying frauds. When have they told you the truth? So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Wrong. Full professor at the state. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas. With- I hope he's right about the global warming, because I want the seas to rise up and swallow these bastards. 
on their seaside multi-million dollar estates. It's one giant fraud. And they know it. They know it. But they came and they were very, very convinced that this is the right way to go. They felt that the two years that, uh, of war on mRNA since 2018, together with BioNTech, to uh, develop a flu vaccine, uh, made them believe that the technology is mature and we are at the cusp of uh, delivering a product. And they were wrong. I never heard the word myocarditis before these idiots started to make us all lab rats. I wonder why they do it. There's a lot of money in it. Now a CBS Sports Update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the Press Data Download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Not a one of them took it. Not a one of these rats. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's been too long, squirrel. My next guest has been with me since the beginning. When I used to fill in, I looked forward to talking to him. Yeah, he got big time on me. He's big time. Gully of the Beast in California. He's got all kinds of stuff going on, and rightfully so. He deserves it. He is the host of Unapologetic with Judd Dunning, Bullet Point Nation. He's been on Fox News, Newsmax. He's everywhere. And tonight he's with me. Judd Dunning, let's take on these eco-Nazis. What do you say? <laughs> Eco-Nazis. You just made my day, Sean. TGIF, buddy. Thank Good you, to be thank back. You. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was in um, Hurricane Ian. I was on the front line. My lanai, I had had the shutters on half of my lanai down, smoking a cigar, watching it. I was... Saying, wow, this is really something, you know, the wind and whatnot. It was great. And I was, you know, I didn't really, really think it was that big of a deal until the surge. And I learned about surges as I watched my car bob like an apple. And now it's like Luca Brazzi. It swims with the fishes. So Ian got me a little bit. However, it was during that time I was talking to a couple of the old timers in Florida and found out same thing happened in 1960. It was called Donna back then. Followed the exact same path. Exactly. Same kind of damage. The only difference is Florida had not been that built up, in particular, the areas where it did the most devastation. Um, this is a common thing that happens as you look at these patterns. They follow exactly the trajectories that they have been following for thousands of years. Yet that seems to be an opportunity for the eco-Nazis among us who want to use nature as a weapon against our freedom and against our money. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting that you're mentioning Donna of 1960, because I wrote that article. I don't know if you saw it, the screw tape letters redo, which is, you know, I, I took C.S. Lewis's letters. I brought them to the current. I said, what would a current devil tell a current devil on how to heal souls? And I took it and I wrote it politically uh, in, uh, in, in the trades that just came out, American Greatness. And it was an honor to get out there. And what I looked at, Sean, so funny you're saying this, it's so aligned is right after Ian and that storm, I was like, well, what, the, what, what is this storm about? And if you look back to the 1963 congressional re- letter, which is the 
communist goals as read into the 1963 congressional record. It's exactly what's happening today. Interesting way to start the show. May I read a few of these? Absolutely, please. Yes. Listen to these. This is from the, from the Naked Communists in 1963, as read to our American Congress, and this, 63, we're in 2022, capture one or both political parties in the United States. Check. Use technical decisions by the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Check. Get control of schools, textbooks, teacher unions. Use them to transmit propaganda. Check. Promiscuity and sexual deviancy as normal, natural, check. Just five more. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, motion picture, and print media. Everybody here, check. Replace religion and church going with the virtue signaling morality of social justice. This is 1963, <laughs> people. Check. This, this, a few more. Discredit the founding fathers, present them as rich, slave owning aristocrats. Check. Discredit all of the law enforcement by focusing on unco- uncommon rogue cops. Check. Infiltrate and gain control of unions representing government bureaucrats. Check. Diminish the two parent family by replacing fatherhood with government support. Check. As before, as is now, right? Did and they mention so COVID? You're talking about that. Did they mention COVID or a scumbag with a pickle for a nose Fauci? Did they mention any of these people? Because they, I, if, it, if they did, it's the Nostradamus letters, because that's exactly what's going on. And the problem is, back then there were men and women of character who appreciated and treasured their liberty, their freedom, and the principles of Americanism. Today, there are not. As I look, and I'm, I'm trapped for the last, since Ian, I've been in this sewer of Chicago. It's disgusting. The people wallow in the failure, pretend that they actually are being represented, and they think and fake that things are working as they are lying to themselves and society rather than throwing every one of these mafia members, calling themselves Democrats on their ass. Oh, so I looked back at the 45 for your question, sir, and I think this would be close from 63. Transfer most of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies and treat all behavioral pa- problems that are deviant from the main opinions as psychiatric disorders, which no one but psychiatrists can understand or treat. So I would say that, 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 that's, uh, that's yeah. the math situation. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, think they, I think they have them. These ideas that you and I are battling, these cultural Marxists, these deconstructionists, these people that are against our, our entire American way of life, this is a long game. Thus, that's why we fight the hard left progressive left. Yeah. Judd, they, they are using now, they are wielding the power of intimidation through taxation, the power of intimidation through regulation. They are at a position where after this election, the hiring practice of the army of Gestapo, they call IRS agents, will comb over uh, agreements we've had with our government, debts we've paid to our government to see if they can eke out any more money because they need to perpetrate their economic tyranny on us. And um For the most part, we're going to find out if it worked and the nail is in the coffin, which I think that's how important these elections are in this November. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we definitely it looks like we can take this house for sure. I mean, we're we're sitting in a good position. I think, you know, the they're saying that uh, probably not the Senate, but I think the Senate, there are some toss ups because, you know, they've really weaponized the Senate to be a anti-Trump, pro-Trump battleground. And the House is kind of a little freer of that. They were really voting on agenda. 
And all these Biden crafts that are aligned are, I think they're going to fall. You know, but you're seeing what I, what I think, in my opinion, is an inept, incompetent, phony resistance to the mafia. Because I think that uh, people like old lady face Mitch McConnell and the dimwit who is running the, the Congress for the Republicans, the California, uh, I can't remember, his name escapes me right now. You're, you're the guy that just said he shouldn't be the leader, even if the Republicans do win. He's your California congressman. He's a moron. Uh, these guys are not up for the fight. They're not strategic. There is no uniformed rise of, of, of patriots, of pushback against specific policies. They're kind of playing rope-a-dope, and they don't have the skills to do it. And I'm not as confident as you are. In a, in a big election, especially when I look at Wisconsin, which you have one of the best senators in the Senate, Ron Johnson, and he's up against a good for nothing, legitimate Marxist fraud named after Nelson Mandela, who is a communist. And he stands to potentially upset Ron Johnson, which is unbelievable to me. So that's when you, you, you know, you start to look around. You think everything's like Chicago and California, where it doesn't matter. They just look like normal people. They're really fascist Marxist frauds who just want in on the scam. As citizens. Yeah, I mean, yes. look, we should, and we're also saying we should vote late and in person as a party, which is nerve wracking, right? So that if we actually overwhelm the polls, we give them the time to play this potential mail-in ballot game, which we all know they said in in Time Magazine was the best thing that they've ever game they've ever run on us, and now they've made it permanent in my state. You know, they made it permanent in a number of states. So it's an interesting game, like, uh, you know, so until keep, we have... Uh, they'll keep those mafia states, right? I mean, here in Illinois, you got La Cosa Nostra, 400 companies get their beak wet on an exit ramp that's taken longer than the Hoover Dam, and it's more expensive. It's a fracking exit ramp. You see the O'Hare Airport, they got $8.5 billion. Nobody knows where the money is. The urinals are stuck on with tape. The whole place smells like B.O. So this is the kind of scams where you're enriching thousands upon thousands, if not millions, of individuals, and all they got to do is keep voting for the same short-in-the-pants I Irish mafia members. So Illinois is done. Flush it. I'm concerned because if California can't beat it back with the kind of fascism you've experienced only seen in Europe, I, 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 it'll be amazing if, if there's no pushback in California. That'll, I think, be the barometer. Particularly with $6 gas unhinged from the nation, right? That's, that's what's interesting. And they want to do price controls out here rather than actually deal with that issue, rather than deal with our budget. And I'm telling you, Californians are walking around in a haze like a like socialist, culturally Marxist eco zombies, as you were saying. I mean, they really are. There's not the uprising that we need here. But funny enough, like a lot of these great countries, if you look at us on a county level, there's a lot of real normal people out here. I mean, we're fly, we're fleeing to Texas so over half a year. Well, you right know, that's now, the thing too. I, I was having this conversation on my cigar store today with a guy, and he's like, you know, we got the candidate, and yet 330,000 Republicans left Illinois. Because if you're in on this scam, you don't leave it. You love it. You wallow in it. How many people lost left in California? It's the first time in, I think, I don't know. I think it's the history of California. They lost population. Those are not the people who are happy with the Marxists. Ironically enough, Newsom's in-laws live a quarter of a mile from me, and we were we were battling the hurricane together. They said, my son-in-law is the governor. I still think it sucks. They moved to Naples, Florida. So... There are a lot of good people that said, I'm not going to even be around for this upcoming election. I think that's a determining factor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely what we're seeing here is a real a real beaten down quality. But yet at the same time, man, we're trapped by beauty. I mean, oh, our, yeah. it is so temperate. It is so temperate and normal uh, throughout the year here. This place is beautiful. There's so much to do in the evening. So you have this thriving culture of mostly good people. 
with bad and disconnected elites. And that's not just a California problem. That's the new problem that you and I at our age or our time in life, we've never had such a group of disconnected and political elites that are floating over the country. Actually, I'm going to pitch my book for a second. I got a new yeah, book, no. Sean. I'm, I'm going out to the publisher. It's called 13 and a half reasons why to love America and how to stop the angry woke left and preserve the America we love. And I'm opening each chapter with what those bastards don't own and we own, like our free markets, like the success of our medical system, like our justice system. We own that, and they think that they run and own that. But we've never had such a disconnected elitist class where people get ultra-wealthy in government here. We've never been so tied to a weaponized DOJ and the corruption that we've had No, this here. is so, third-world stuff. This is stuff you see in though. Central and South America. Though. Yeah, I agree, but look at look at this, this, this buffoon, this drunken old lady. $500 million if you fund out her property assets. You know, when they factor her wealth, the argument that Democrats use to defend her is $190 million. None of them factor in her real estate holdings. And, you know, this is the kind of thing, Judd, where if in California, the land that is occupied primarily by oligarchs and communists, if they tolerate this kind of thing, that, that goes to show you the overall psyche of the American people is that they're getting to be like Soviets where they don't want to reject against the proletariat they just want to kind of get in and that's the part where you're chicago illinois we all know it's a scam but i got the clout i got the guy that's when it's over brother i'm hoping it's not for california because i love it it's arguably the the most beautiful place on earth i love it to death but look at look at what's happened and and you know you don't stand a chance in san francisco where i understand they may have removed a, a da but it's going to be democrat for a thousand years isn't it yeah, definitely. You know, it's interesting because today they released the majority of Democrats favor the U.S. moving towards socialism away from capitalism. I'm like, that's not a poll. That's an IQ test of whether anybody <laughs> ever studied history or understands. And the thing that they were they were actually asking whether socialism is a good thing. I'm yeah. like, you don't put socialism and good thing in the same sentence. It's failed in 40 countries. You know what else is? That's the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, well, what's funny, I have a friend of mine. We were going to go in the movie business together. He went out there. He stayed out there. He married a beautiful girl. And they, they make money out there. And they still live there. And he'll send me some of the people who rail against government corruption rail i mean rail and they do a wonderful job right up until the solution and the solution always is communism and it's it's it, they almost do a, a an intellectual divide where they can't understand you've just railed against government for 20 minutes and in the last three your solution is government everywhere so until they can put those pieces together when say, you know what, you kids who argued against the corruption and the banking scandal and the federal, you guys are right. You're 100 percent right. When you rail against it with the big military industrial complex, I agree with you. We are 100 percent right. But at the end, when you say, OK, we're going to turn it around to the Fidel Castro's, you're you're a fracking moron that I can't even reason with at this point. And that's where we're at. And that's why I think it's time you got to end the parties. And steal the word that these communists have been hiding behind. I want to start an entire new party because I'm the real. Yeah, liberal. I'm the real liberal, and I want to start the liberal yeah, party. Yeah, you are the real liberal. Back back to 1930s when we were the real liberals. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The thing today, though, I was talking to somebody. I said most of these people don't understand socialism means the dominance of collective government run, uh, the domination of collective government run social ownership as they take over the means of production meaning that free markets and private ownership go away, maybe diversity, equity, inclusion aside, set that aside and play out that reality for a moment. 
and look at yourself in the mirror and realize how broken and idiotic this concept even is. It's like, it's like moving the walls in Jerusalem. This, these things have been in place for so long. We are so free. You can't even run that experiment here. And after you know, COVID, it doesn't work. After COVID, what has happened, though, and I've noticed this more and more and more as you see the shuttering of small business and you see the pretending faking of the velocity of money. They've managed to do something that only was done in Europe in the 30s between Mussolini and Hitler. They backdoor nationalized entire sector, sectors of the economy. The oil business, for example, which is the most important. It doesn't wiggle unless the government subsidizes it. Now, all of the oil companies have decided, I'm not in the oil business anymore. As you look at Exxon, the biggest one of them all, they, the bulk of their m- new money will be made in this phony green energy where none of the garbage works or exists, but all of it's paid for by government. So, you know, that's the part where you backdoor nationalize policy and then you have no resistance with the right answers. Now, you know, you know, we're going to be on our knees like Kamala Harris. <laughs> the second best line of the show. Thank you. E- eco-terrorist and that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, listen, our American dream is fiscally dying under Biden crats, and everybody listening needs to be clear with their – they need to sit down for a minute, set, sit down their weird little handbook, and they look at the, the fact that they've failed. I mean, just look in the papers, man. U.S. mortgage rates have risen for the seventh <laughs> – risen the seventh week to their highest in 16 years. Listen, Biden I was going to buy a car. national debt at $31 trillion. I was going to buy a car. I have great credit. The guy sent me back the thing. I said, wait a minute. He goes, oh, yeah, well, this is your special rate. Special rate? I wouldn't have paid this for the last five years. What are you talking about? Now now you make me sell assets and pay care. I'm not going to pay the rate. So there's going to be a real separation of society. The people who can write and stroke the check and the pretenders who've been floating it on short-term debt, when they start to have delinquencies, when they start to say, ah, screw it, you're going to see a collapse that'll make 08 look like an appetizer and it'll make Michelle Obama look skinny. It's going to be a disaster. Oh, absolutely. As, as Warren Buffett said, when others are greedy, be fearful. When others are, when they're fearful, be greedy. I, there's yeah. part of living in our society is watching the cycles. Now, there's actually an empathy element that's, you know, that I love about America, though. We bet on ourselves until we bust every time. I mean, until the very end. Yeah. You go into our trades right now. I'm in commercial real estate. We did quite a bit of volume last couple of years. And if you look at what people are telling you, they're still selling into the political future without looking at the downside. So we as conscious citizens, we have to be careful, but always keep moving, because if they talk us out of investing and moving forward, Sean, those people at the end of the day who depended on government, they end up being behind 34 percent at retirement. Yeah. So when they when they scare you into your depending on them, you just lost. Your legacy, a good man leaves a, ch- a legacy to his children's children. Yeah. We, cannot, we cannot stop moving under the socialist scare of, of the de- deconstructionist economy post-COVID. Judd Dunning, where can my people go to take a look? I know you got unapologetic. I know uh, you're at uh, Bullet Point Nation. Where else can they go? You bet. Thanks, buddy. JuddDunning.com now centralizes it, it all. I'm on Newsmax every Friday, and uh, we have a great article there called Newsmax Insiders. Follow us there. At Judd Dunning on Twitter, all my socials will get you there. And it's just such a dude. You, your voice has gotten so exciting, so clear. It's been great to watch you rise and evolve, man. I, I'm going to start listening to your show myself. So thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much, Judd Dunning. I appreciate everything you do. Thanks for coming on. Take care. Bye. We'll, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Shut, 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 
<laughs> I want this. I want you to cut this, send it to my phone. I want to listen to this the whole way home. You know, there's an expression I love from my neighborhood. There's a lot of them. But the one that it really applies to morons, which is the Democrat Party. Sometimes you're so far behind, you think you're in the lead. That's the first thing that popped into my head as I heard these two dimwits on what is supposed to be the view of what. I don't know. One of them has no eyebrows and the other one could soften produce. One of the things that has been making me crazy is when people say, well, why don't the Democrats get the message out? I figured out that it's not the Democrats who are having the problem. The Republicans uh, historically have screwed up the economy. This is some kind of a myth that the Republicans are better at the economy. No joy, you Viagra slayer. What that is, is history that the Republicans have always produced an economy in which the people, the people are richer, not the government. And that's telling into what this cucumber softener really wants. She wants the government stronger, the government richer, and you weaker. That is why they tout this dimwit in diapers who, who really got into office in the most peculiar way by stealing it and their refusal to allow us to look into it is evidence that they got away with a crime. And when you hear the way in which they justify this idiot, what are they pointing to? Are they pointing to anything that's relevant? Our youngest in the state deserve the opportunity to do great things. Their health and their future shouldn't be jeopardized because some of our leaders lack the political will to protect and care for them. Is this the same guy that wants to kill him? That's Mandela Barnes still. Here's a guy that his whole thing is to kill the babies. And now he cares about the babies. It's like Kamala Harris. I love the children on the buses. I hate the ones in the belly. Right? Is that? Oh, they're only if they're electric buses. Whew. Let's hear what dummy has to say. Well, my administration's plan is economically responsible. And an economic responsible course to ensure a smooth transition to repayment and prevent unnecessary defaults. He couldn't pass a urine test, let alone an Econ 101 class. This stupid son of a dog. By the way, what do you think he's on? I don't know what he's on, but I'll tell you a good news. Let's. Uh, how much time do I got? Uh, it's not enough time to play what I want to play. All right. Then we'll just have to go with the... Look at what I've inherited and what I've done. And if the people do that, every Democrat that sits in office will be thrown out on their ass. The problem is you get used to this kind of failure. You get used to this kind of corruption. And that's why everyone pretends this is a legitimate, capable president rather than an illegitimate asset of enemies, both foreign and domestic. And Joe Biden should be impeached this weekend. The good news is it may be a weekend at Bernie's and they may not be able to produce the body on Monday. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. Fantastic Friday. I cannot believe how fast the show goes. It's a big weekend. Big weekend. I think the future of this country will be decided in about 18 days. It's crunch time. So let's go to uh, one of the politicians who's not a politician, who's a woman who had enough sick and tired of the trajectory of a once great city, a once great state, as it swirls around the toilet bowl and we got a fat guy dressed like the tidy bowl man calling him governor. Her name is Christine Shanahan McGovern. Christine, how are you? Hi there, Sean. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? How's it going on the streets? I'm curious. You got about 18 days. It's crunch time. Honestly, the feedback is so positive. People, especially my area, are so frustrated, especially with this little flyer that we had passed out showing how 
you know, our opponents have voted. Um, the, the feedback is positive. We are ready for a shift. I'm canvassing tomorrow. Last week we had about 22 people. If you want to come out and canvass, come to Panera on 105th and Cicero at 10 a.m. You know, I want people to stop complaining and actually do something. So come out and help us. It's me, Herb Haybine, David Shepard, and Keith Peacow. The four of us have teamed together. We're very cohesive. We are making a difference. It was when I was interviewing Herb that uh, I learned that after 29 years of on the job as a copper in the city of Chicago, now called the sewer of Chicago. I learned that the FOP gave money to Democrats, the very Democrats that are voting to defund them, to constantly have them afraid to do their job, the very Democrats that undermine the principles of law enforcement. That sickened me. Did it sicken some of the voters? And do voters even know that the FOP is supporting the Democrat mafia? They know now. And and actually, Herb and I were in Orland Park with a lot of the retired police officers, and we filled them all in yesterday, and they are disgusted. Uh, A few of them actually are going to be out canvassing with me tomorrow. I'm going to see a few of them tonight at the Windy City Veterans event that's happening tonight at Bourbon Street. Um, They are sickened by what's happening. They can't believe how far left these unions are and it's it's the the leadership in the union it's not the members but i can assure you that the members are so po'd they can't believe it and the police in my neighborhood are so mad that they gave that fifty thousand dollars the largest contribution to the man that i'm running against when we've had people in our community police officers take their life what are the dues what are the dues that coppers pay to the fop i mean i mean fifty thousand that's a lot of guys money man I mean, are they paying that kind of money? Are these coppers paying 500 a week? I mean, you, you negated how many months of hard work you gave it to one Democrat scumbag. It, it, it's so frustrating and it's disheartening. And, and, you know, today I got an email from this group from North Dakota that said that they're watching my Twitter page. Um, and this is what they said. We are monitor, monitoring your Twitter account and will comply your tweets that use toxic language. And just before the election, we'll write a post on our monkey cage, part of the Washington Post that discusses our findings regarding patterns and the use of toxic language. I, I say they can kiss my ass. Who are these people? That, Don't say it too loud. There might be a few that want to take you up on it. Who are these scoundrels? <laughs> so his, one of them is Dr. Daniel uh, Pemston, and one is Eunice Orhan. I mean, it's just intimidation. I hope I'm she looks the way she's named. Her name is Eunice she probably looks like well, Dr. Awardy. Oh, that's a man named Eunice? I believe they're Was men. it like Jesse Jackson's son, Useless, or Yousef? <laughs> I can't decide what the hell his name is. But does this one have does know. this one have a Budweiser dispensary? So you're getting intimidated again by Marxist men. I love that. Yeah. Can you ask them if it, they'd be willing to go into a little cage fight with me? The two of them against me. Can we work that out? Because I would love it. Well, you know, in Christine fashion, I did respond to their email and, and I, I put it, um, you know, I think our country has more pressing issues than the choice of my words. My community has mothers with children carjacked in their driveway. We've had children dragged by their hair in an attempt to kidnap. Businesses are relocating out of Chicago due to the crime and you're reporting on language. Why don't you do a study about the lack of growth in our Illinois schools? Or better yet, start a study on how abortions and suicides are going to increase due to the sexualization of our children. And then put, I'll say whatever I want to say, because there's a radio host that just bought a new car. He's dying to put the top down and kick some Marxist teeth in. (laughs) Could you put that in there for me? Absolutely. I I will send that. I cannot stand the way this country, you, you, you got a couple of fellas. Where are they from again? Colorado, you say? 
Uh, South Dakota. South Dakota. What the hell are they chiming in for what you're doing anyway? Who are they? That's a good question. Mind your I business. You know why? Their their fathers are probably having sex with buffaloes out there, and they're bored out of their minds. Freaks. Well, they're linked to um, University of Chicago. Oh, go figure. The communist yeah. background. Ask him if Bob Creamer is in the parking lot with his pants off again. That freak. No? It, okay. it, it's insane. It, it's insane, and, and I, I think that they're starting to realize I cannot be bought. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care what you say about me. Yeah. I have the thickest skin out there. It's going to roll off, and we are going to, to make a difference in Springfield. I love it. I, I want you to win. I really do. I want you to win for the betterment of, uh, uh, of the neighborhood, for the betterment of the city and the state. It's crucially important. And most of all, at least we exposed what kind of a fraud that half a tough guy, the guy that looks like uh, a Curly from the Three Stooges from the FOP, Catanzaro, that meathead. He's the, I wonder if he's the one that made the decision to give the money to the Democrats the whole time I'm running to take on the mayor. He's full of Durbin. Yeah, there has to have been some sort of backdoor deal. And what's sad is that John and I, he spoke at several of my Back to Blue rallies. And and we had Antifa and we had Black Lives Matter yelling at us, screaming at us, threatening us. And then he goes and does this. So let me just say a couple things. All these unions that are backing Bill, you know, he he voted repeatedly to increase his own salary and at they, the expense of the they don't care. They want their salary increase. No. That's why they vote for them. Because they want a yeah. piece of the pie, the half-assed gangsters. Right. And, you know, SB 1313, he voted to cut the retirees' health care benefits. He voted to um, undermine collective bargaining rights, and that's HB 5201 and SB 1313. And the most important, and any, you know, unions, and I, I support members of the unions, unions are to have a safe working environment, but also they're forgetting that, the main important thing, and that's families. That's the way to. And, that's the way the Capone brothers sold it, as they put in the labor extortion mafia. That it's always been the upper echelon is nothing but half-ass gangsters. They extort the worker, they extort the company, and the people who need the work have to go along with it. Those are the journeymen. Those are the good guys, the workers, and they make up about fifty to sixty percent of it. The other ones are their moron cousins with corks on their force, so they don't poke their out during one of their dinners in Thanksgiving. I'm so sick and tired of pretending this is a legitimate labor uh, organization rather than what it is, a monopoly of labor extortion. That's all it is, and it only thrives in these Democrat hubs. The good states with low property taxes and high quality of life, they don't have them. They're not hampered with them. And it's a political pack. It's a fund for political pack, just like Black Lives Matter was. And when I said that to my community out in Mount Greenwood and Beverly, a lot of the liberals in in, in uh, Beverly, they put a letter out on me that I was a, a racist. They started a, a, yeah. a Facebook group. I did not waver, not once. First of all, I'm never a racist. My views have nothing to do with racism. I, I, I would never look at a man or a woman and say, you know what? You're too stupid to have the same judging I have. You're too stupid. You need extra points. You're too stupid. You need extra money. I would never look at somebody like that until they open their mouth and prove themselves to be a Democrat. Then I realize you're also you're stupid, but you're also corrupt and you're misusing the power of government to wield profit for yourself. You're profiteers of corruption. And that is the Democrat mafia. They make me sick to my stomach and everywhere that they are not is where it smells better. Yes, but I can say again, like in the beginning of the call, the shift is happening. Just with the Beverly Review, which is our local paper, they did an article. uh, Both my opponent and I had to fill out questionnaires, and it was not biased. It was a good article, and um, there's one. You know, if 
if you really want to help me, again, I'm outfunded, make a donation. Go to my website, McGovernForIllinoisSenate.com, because he's putting two to three mailers out a week. Well, he's not doing it. No, no, no. He's not doing it. The the syndicate is doing it. The labor extortion mafias are doing it. The culture of corruption is doing it. This moron is just filling the shoes. Idiots. They make me sick to my stomach, these short-in-the-pants Irishmen. All right. Well, listen, you've been dealing with these guys your whole life. Go ahead. One one more thing is that him and Fran, they were appointed. So they they were appointed to, to these positions. They were Madigan appointees. I'm not appointed by anyone. I am working so hard. So is Herb. So is Keith. So is David. And so many other candidates out there. This grassroots organization. Vote Republican all the way down. Get your lazy ass off of the couch. Help these candidates work. We it. have how many days left? We can still turn so many people. I promise you, my committee name is Shanahan McGovern for Faith, Family, Freedom. I have faith that we are going to win and we can make Illinois safe again and we can make the exodus of people to stop, our businesses to come, but most importantly, we can make our children safe again. I love it. Christine Shanahan McGovern, I truly appreciate you coming on. I really want you to win because this is going to be the determining factor whether Illinois is even worth holding on the assets that you were thinking about and just getting the hell out. And it's that serious to me because if, if, if this culture of corruption stays in place, all that's going to happen after the election is all those onerous taxes will be put back on everything and they will be coming for your money. They have to fund this fraud government somehow. And it's not on the people on the inside. It's on the good people on the outside. So thank you for putting up the fight for my people. And, and thank you for all of your support also. And please, listeners, I, I'm not asking, you know, all of my donations are 20 dollars $30, $50. That, you know, you look at my campaign tra- contributions to Bill's campaign contributions, his are 50000 100000 75000 Because he's the syndicate. I have more, the syndicate yeah, plays well. I have more contributions as far as entities, as far as numbers that go in, because people believe in what our mission is. This isn't just about me. This is about everyone. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for our future, doing this for right now. And we can make this change by the love of God. We need to make that change. People get out and help. I hope to see some new faces uh, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock at Panera on 105th and Cicero. I hope to see some donations come into my website because I need it, because I can do this. I promise you. I love it. Push back against the Marxist mafia with Christine Shanahan McGovern. Thank you so much for coming on, kid. Thank you. Have a good weekend. And that goes for all of you. Have a good weekend. The weather's going to be nice. You know there's going to be more death, mayhem, shootings in the sewer of Chicago than there will be in Ukraine. The only difference is the American government isn't laundering billions of dollars through the city of Chicago. They're just laundering hundreds of millions. And you get used to it. We'll call it an exit ramp. All right. In the meantime, everyone have a safe, safe weekend. And remember, we're going to win in the end, whether we do it here or in one state that's pushing up. Whatever it is, we're Americans and be proud of it. And do not let this Marxist mafia intimidate you. Make sure that they motivate you. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we 
Have a great weekend. Be safe. Serpentine if you're going to your car in the sewer. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night.